Again, a word of welcome to everybody. I, I will say that you're going to have to be patient with me. I've been a priest for three years, but I've been a pastor for about a month and a half. So I'm still getting used to this whole thing. And I don't know much about being a pastor, obviously, because I'm new to it. But one thing I do know is that as your pastor, I am not worried about your happiness. And neither is the Lord. And now that the clickbait thing has been out there, and hopefully I've got your attention, I want to explain to you what I mean when I say I'm not worried about your happiness. What that doesn't mean is that I want you to be miserable. It doesn't mean that I don't want you to be happy. As your pastor, I'm more concerned with your health in your faith, your persistence, your hope, your joy, your holiness. Because being happy people, it comes and it goes. Happiness disappears at some point. But when we're happy, it brings us to this certain optimism, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But to be optimistic is to see something and say, oh yeah, that's great. And if it's something that we don't want, it's a bad situation, we say, it's going to get better, I guess. It'll be fine. It'll work out. We're good. Whether that's true or not, optimism isn't always the depth and the fullness of what the Lord is asking of us. No, I'm not worried about happiness and optimism as much as I am worried about us being people of hope. Hope-filled people. It's easy to see which one the woman in tonight's gospel really is. She's not happy, clearly. I mean, I hope she's not happy that her daughter is possessed by a demon. That's not a good thing. She's not optimistic. Oh, Jesus, if you want, you can make this happen. It'll be all right. She's not optimistic either, but she's, she is a woman of hope. She's one who comes to the Lord and says not once or twice, but three times approaches Jesus and says, Lord, please help me. Help me. She's a woman of hope, and that hope brings this faith and this persistence to the Lord. And that's what the Lord invites us to do. See, day in and day out, I meet with many people, I hear many people's stories, and a lot of times, whether it's here, out in the grocery store, wherever, they see the collar, oh, Father, I grew up Catholic. I was baptized Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I went to PSR. I did all these different things. Oh, where do you go to church now? I don't, you know, I don't really practice anymore. And I get it. That's an honest answer. Fine. But that's heartbreaking. And I'm willing to bet that if the conversation were to continue and I were to press just a little bit more, chances are what we would get to is this lack of faith, not on the part of the person either. I have to be honest and say I really don't blame people who grew up Catholic, whatever that may mean, and they don't really practice nowadays. Because the past 50 or 60 years in the church, we have been terrible at catechizing and evangelizing. We have not been great about actually spreading the gospel. You may have heard of your catechism teacher, Sister Mary, whoever it was that taught you, or whoever was in catechism that said, you know, as Catholics, this is why we do this. This is why we do that. This is why you have to fast from meat on Fridays during Lent. This is why we believe in purgatory. This is why we do all these things. We do the things that make us Catholic. But we failed to really say, this is who Jesus Christ is. This is what he did for you. This is how he desires a relationship with you. And if that's where we're coming from, I don't blame people for saying, oh yeah, the faith doesn't mean that much to me. Because we refuse to go a little bit deeper. Now when it comes to that point and the Lord invites us and we just say, no, I'm good, then it becomes our fault. There has to be a persistence in returning to the Lord over and over and over, asking the hard questions, talking about the hard topics, being able to acknowledge that the Lord speaks only the truth, and if the truth makes us uncomfortable, 
number one, thank God. Number two, let yourself be challenged, but also just be able to be open and go a little bit deeper in the faith, being persistent. If I were to ask, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because when I do that, people get all tense. Oh my gosh, what is he going to do next? But if I were to ask you to raise your hand, if you've ever prayed before, once, twice, a million and a half times for something in particular, and you either got no as an answer, you got not yet as an answer, you didn't get any answer at all, I'd be willing to bet that everybody would raise their hands. If I were to ask and say, who has ever prayed for something and felt that it was just on deaf ears and Jesus wasn't listening, he didn't care, or even worse, he just didn't show up. It has to be some persistence. It, it takes some persistence on our part to go to the Lord over and over and over, just like this Canaanite woman. She finally got what she was asking for, and it's not that she tricked Jesus. It's not like Jesus said, I'm tired of you asking me questions, so just here, do what you gotta do, go. He knew what was gonna happen. He invited her there. He spoke to the stillness of her heart and drew her in. That is the case for each and every one of us, whether we recognize it or not. Our hearts desire Jesus Christ. Our hearts desire him. That's how he wrote us and breathed life into us, into creation. We desire him. But we're not always gonna find him immediately. I'm going to be honest, every Sunday when I sit down, or every week when I sit down to prepare the Sunday homily, not one single time in my entire life have I read the gospel and said, I know exactly what I'm going to preach about. I know exactly, Lord, what you're trying to say to me. Most of the time, I have to read it six or seven or 15 times. Because there's just so much depth in the word of God. There is so much depth in the scriptures that the Lord is trying to speak to us. So three years from now, when this reading comes up again on the 20th Sunday of Ordinary Time, it shouldn't be this same homily because there's going to be a depth of newness, a renewal. Because being persistent in prayer, the Lord will take us deeper. There are three things then that we can learn from this Canaanite woman in the gospel. Three things to deepen our own faith. Number one, there has to be some type of study. And I'm not talking about studying chemistry, biology, English, whatever it is that you're studying here at the university, but actually chewing on the Word of God. When we talk about Lexio Divina, divine reading, study in Scripture, all that really means is to just read the Scripture and let the Lord speak to you. Somebody after the last Mass said, is it okay to just like read your Bible and not have to study every little thing? It's the same thing. Because eventually you're going to read something in Scripture and it's going to catch your attention and go, I don't know about that. What does that mean? Why did Jesus call this woman a dog in the gospel? Spoiler alert, that's not actually what went on. That's a different topic for a different time. But when we read scripture, the Lord should put these little seeds of curiosity in our minds to make us go a little bit deeper. Lord, I don't know what you're trying to say. What does that mean? Read it again. Read it again. There's that persistence again. There has to be some type of study. There has to be some type of encounter with the Lord and then in, in, deepening that understanding of who he is, who we are, and what that relationship is going to look like. Think of the Canaanite woman. She didn't just randomly see this guy walking across a field and said, hey, I think your name's Jesus. You just look like a random guy. Can you exercise this demon for my daughter? No, think about the context. She's heard Jesus preach. She's seen what he can do. She goes after him because she knows what he is capable of and goes to him. And he just ignores her the first time. 
That wasn't good enough for her. So then she goes to the second part, this community. She's part of this greater community of the people of God, not just the Canaanites, the Israelites, not just the Jewish people. But she goes to who? The disciples. There's this intercession. Hey, I asked Jesus and he's not really communicating like I was hoping he would. So you know him more. You are good friends with him. You please go on my behalf and ask him to do this. And they get peeved at it. Lord, send her away because now she's coming after us. Just do something and let it be done. We're annoyed. There's this greater community who with a depth of real faith and persistence would have interceded with her. Oh, absolutely. Let's pray together. Let's pray for you. Pray for me. There's this greater community that she's part of. Without studying the scriptures and listening to the voice of God, we're never going to hear the voice of God in our prayer because we don't know the language that he uses. Without studying the scriptures, without being part of a greater community, our faith really isn't going to go anywhere. I hate to say it, but there is no me and my Jesus. Oh, I'm friends with Jesus just on the weekends. I go to Sunday Mass. Other than that, no, I'm good. I don't need to go to Sunday Mass. I don't need to do that. That's not actual faith. That's not what the Lord wants for us. There is so much more to study His Word, to live in community, but then also to be present. We cannot pray if we're not showing up. We cannot hear the voice of God if we're not showing up. We can't have any depth of spirituality, any depth of prayer, any depth of anything, no real faith or persistence if we're not simply present. And I get it, that is difficult. Day in and day out, day after day after day, I come into the church, the chapel, the chapel at the rectory, and I go to pray and it's like the Lord is being silent. That doesn't mean he's not there. It doesn't mean he's not listening. It doesn't mean I don't have good things to say. But sometimes the invitation is just to sit there and rest and know that the Lord hears you. And he just wants to sit with you and be quiet with you. That is what persistence looks like. Going, knowing that I may get every last thing that I've asked for and prayed for. It may also mean that I'm not going to get a single thing I'm wanting but I'm still going to go, I'm still going to show up, I'm still going to be there. See, when you see it in these terms, studying Scripture, living in community, being present to the Lord over and over with this persistence, happiness doesn't really matter. The Lord doesn't want us to be miserable. He doesn't want us to be unhappy. But better than the happiness is the true joy and the peace that only Jesus Christ can offer us. Only God the Father can bestow on us. Only the Holy Spirit can imbibe within us. The joy, the freedom, the peace, the hope, all of those things are so much bigger and better than happiness. But it takes a little bit on our part to actually make it happen. Not that we earn it or merit it for ourselves, but if we're just going to sit back, check off the Sunday obligation box, which by the way, you're doing here tonight. Thank you for being here. Keep coming back. You have a place here. But if all we're doing is the bare minimum, then of course we're going to eventually get to that point in our lives when we say, I don't get anything out of Mass. I read Scripture, but it's just a bunch of words and nice stories. Jesus is a real cool guy, but I don't actually know him personally because I don't really think he exists to the fullest extent like we say he does. It's going to spiral from there, but with a good, true, authentic faith and perseverance, the Lord will make himself known. And our hearts will be converted. 
We have the beautiful prime opportunity being here at LSU that there are 30-something thousand souls on our campus for us to bring to the church, for us to reveal the Lord to, for you to go and evangelize and catechize. And I didn't misspeak. It is your role as the church to go and to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, to say, persevere. I know life is terrible sometimes. I know illness is a real thing. Death is a real thing. I know it's difficult, but the Lord has a plan for you and he is far from done with you. There is such an immense gift of being here on the campus of LSU for ourselves first, but for our brothers and sisters who may or may not ever come to the church. And I'm not saying you have to drag people kicking and screaming, but simply sharing the good news that, hey, Jesus Christ is alive. The gospel is true. You are loved. You are cherished. You're redeemed. That is what perseverance of faith looks like. Refusing to step down, refusing to take a step back and compromise the faith. Jesus didn't do that. Why should we? Yes, church teaching, the truth, is hard sometimes. But that persistence of asking the hard questions is what gets us to the answer. That persistence of wrestling with the scriptures is what gets us to the fullness of the truth. That persistence of coming back to Christ the King over and over and over and meeting somebody over and over again. Some of y'all, I'm going to meet 42 times before I even learn your name. But the community that exists here for you within the church is for your benefit. It's for the Lord to speak to your heart. Without any of that, without that persistence, we're only focused on happiness because that's the greatest thing we could imagine, the greatest good. Without the Lord, without faith, without hope and true freedom in the Lord, happiness is the best thing we've got, which is pretty a terrible deal because happiness fades. It's temporary. So it's time for us to step up. It's time for us to keep persevering. Do not be afraid of bothering Jesus. Don't be afraid of asking too much. But also don't be afraid of him pulling you just a little bit deeper, challenging you, reading the sacred scriptures to hear how he wants to, yeah, challenge you, console you, affirm you, send you forward, bless you. When you see it in that light, then it starts to make sense that it's okay to be burdened and weary and tired of praying. That's perfectly fine as long as we don't stop. As long as we don't stop. So no matter what it is that you seek to find here at Christ the King, studying the scriptures and Bible studies, being part of a greater community with a men's group or a women's group, being present to our adoration chapel in the cafe, the activity center, coming and saying hello to Mother Mary, St. Joseph, or best of all, Jesus himself present here for you, whatever that looks like for you, consider it. And don't be afraid to persevere and keep going. Know as your pastor, I am not worried about you being happy as much as I am worried about you being healthy and faithful, hopeful, at peace, free to love the Lord, but most of all, to be holy. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly support of $10, $25, or more reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. 
Details can be found on the website at www.ctklsu.org.